It's Friday, and y'all know what that means. Fridays are the day that we kick around the past week's Houston news. I am here with our senior producer, Dina Kesba, and with journalist Claudia Kolker, author of The Immigrant Advantage. It is, like I said, Friday, March 25th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right, Dina, Claudia, let's talk about the week. Dina, what do you think the biggest story of the week was for Houston? In my opinion, it's still going to be BA2. Everyone has been kind of talking about it. You know, Fauci came out and said that this is going to be the dominant subvariant of COVID in the U.S. And in Houston, I mean, everyone's like, well, we don't have any numbers. We don't have any cases. Uh, wastewater surveillance shows that there's no detectable samples of the subvariant at the moment. But people are kind of starting to be a little bit suspect of it, which is weird. I saw this thread on uh, Reddit where people are like, okay, if they're testing it and there's no cases, how's that possible when we just had a rodeo, which was like a cesspool of all COVID, <laughs> all diseases? Like, how has no one gotten it yet? I mean, I kind of get that perspective. But then I also get on the other side where people are like, oh, no, it's because we all got Omicron. So we're OK. <laughs> all right, Claudia, what do you think the biggest story of the week was? The biggest story of the week to me is one that's going to be a big and bigger story for a long time, which is the refugee crisis, the global refugee crisis that Houston has already been dealing with in a lot of aspects. But now we are having to figure out how how will we and can we fit Ukrainian refugees into our welcoming city um, mode. Yeah. And so you've written a lot about immigrants coming to the U.S. What do you think it would be like for Ukrainians? Do you think it'll be any different than what other groups have faced? That's a really good question. Yes, in some ways. So when you come as a refugee, there's certain systems in place for you. You've, you've been vetted, you get certain benefits. So they'll come here to a city that's unusually welcoming, but really is, is already struggling to, uh, to accommodate the newcomers. They uh, are part of the, the Western system, will be more familiar with some of our, our systems and ways. So in some ways, when they come here, they'll have more of a, a niche waiting for them. Yeah. I have been watching. It's another sort of national, international story that's affecting Houston. And that's what's going to happen to the International Space Station, given um, Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. The head of the Russian Space Agency a couple of weeks ago was kind of trash talking, saying, eh, we're going to take our propulsion and go home. And this week, Eric Berger, um, most Houstonians know for Space City Houston, wrote in Ars Technica that really Russia can't just take its hunk of the space station and walk out, or at least that it would be incredibly hard. There are sort of technical and political reasons why they can't. The Russian part provides propulsion to the space station, and if they left, the U.S. could probably pull in some of our private companies to bail out what remains of our part. Um, but if the Russians detached, they would suddenly be detaching from all the services that the other countries' portions provide them. And the one that would be hardest to replace, Eric says, is the energy that the United States portion provides. And 
he says that he just doesn't think that Russia could keep it going for long on its own and that Putin would not want to lose the Russian presence in space. All right, let's talk about the stories that we think should have gotten more attention. Claudia, what do you think was underplayed this week? Not underplayed so much as not not known about and very useful uh, in understanding world affairs. This is to me. So if, if you look at a lot of the analyses of what's going on um, uh, with Putin and the invasion of Ukraine, the word humiliation keeps coming up over and over. Well, we in Houston have a world expert on issues like shame, vulnerability, and it turns out humiliation oh! yes yeah so i was actually taking a long drive and listening to uh professor Brene brown's new book atlas of the heart this was going to be my moment of joy yes uh -oh. go on <laughs> now you've given my moment of joy right now yeah okay okay yes yeah. do go on it, yeah. so it's extraordinary and it is it's to me it's a little different than her other work because it's literally it's almost like a textbook and i think it actually works best listening to it it's just what the science knows about human emotions. Um, and it's actually calculated the number that are identifiable. She names, is it 87? Uh, something like that. Specific emotional states. It's amazing. Wow. Right. And she analyzes something like 20 of something of them in families of emotion. And it's, it's research-based. And something new that she hasn't tackled deeply before is humiliation. And she says she thought that shame was one of, you know, was the most dynamic driver of human action. And she said she had to be persuaded by research that no, it's something different, which is humiliation. Oh, that is a good one. Dina, what about you? Mine is a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> it's about Kresh Himatramka. He was on Shark Tank on the 13th season of Shark Tank. And his video <laughs> surfaced all over TikTok and Reddit. And it was, so he's this guy who started Duomore in 2014, which is basically this jewelry and ring shop where you can, you know, buy rings. And it, it stemmed from his own search for an engagement ring for his now wife. And he was like, I didn't like anything. So he launched his own company. And he made like 20 million in combined sales in 2020 and 2021. So he's pretty successful. Nice. Yeah, pretty yeah. great. He used 18,000 of his own money that he saved from, you know, quitting his oil and gas company money, you know, that ka-ching-ching -ching that you get from working there. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he used his own money and he grew a lot. Uh -huh. And so he came on Shark Tank. He wanted 600000 invested for 6% stake in the company. Now, his first offer came from Kevin O'Leary, who's like this Canadian entrepreneur who founded O'Leary Fine Wines. He told him, all right, I'll accept that bid, but I'm going to attach a royalty fee of $100 per unit sold until the $1.8 was paid. And so, you know, Krish was like, that doesn't really work for me because I'm my, my idea is to keep my prices low. And then attached to it is he's somebody who thinks about social impact. So while he makes all these sales on rings, he's also providing clean water in places where they don't have access to clean water, oh, which is amazing. Wow. And it's great to see this Houstonian thriving. Yeah. But the main point of contention was the fact that he was kind of very confident in his business, which rightfully so. You know, I feel like it's pretty good. And so he kind Built of... Built it himself. Exactly. Yeah. So he pushed back and it was that clip of him saying like, 
yo, this is not going to work for me. Like, we got we to gotta figure out a different way. And it was a back and forth between him and Kevin. And then all the other sharks were kind of like, you should take this deal. It's a great deal. I know this space inside out. I'm not cheap. Take the offer or not. Your decision. Would you do the 600000 for 10% of the company? No. We're a revenue. We're growing Don't even revenue. talk anymore. No, the answer is no. Never. Yeah. Never. And then he's like, no, like, this is not a good deal for what I'm trying to build. So at the last moment, Kevin pulled out, and then he got a different shark that came in, which was Daniel Lubetsky, who's like the founder of Kind Snacks. I don't know if y'all have ever had them. They're, they're not that bad. They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So he ended up getting a 600000 investment, which is what he wanted. But instead, you know, he's getting a 15% stake in the company. Oh, wow. Which is not what Kresh wanted, but 3% of that stake is going to the charity water. Oh, that's interesting. So at least I love that. it's still giving back to what he originally really wanted. So maybe he'll pop up some shops in Houston. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. Okay, so for me, the story that I haven't seen getting enough attention is the drought that is going on in Central and some of West Texas. And what it's leading to, which are wildfires. So on Monday, we had 178 wildfires burning in Texas on 108,000 acres. Um, the governor called a state of emergency. That is down now to 39 fires. It's only, only I say, 95,000 acres that are burning. But you know, this is astounding. You know, it has affected Houston's air quality. It's really bad. And the thing that completely unnerves me is it's only spring. You know, we get a lot drier in summer. And as this affects the rest of Texas, it's going to hit us too. Even if Houston is wet and doesn't burn like the rest of Texas, we are affected by the smoke. We're going to, you know, you know, have to help bail out our, you know, fellow Texans. So that's what I'm watching and what I think that's we scary. need to watch more. Yeah, definitely. All right. That's enough Oof. bummer. We need some joy. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia, bring the joy. <laughs> so this joy is, is an enormous joy, but I do confess it made me cry my eyes out. <laughs> oh. It's something extraordinary. So American Idol, um, a just kicked off its 20th season and a Houston teenager named Douglas Mills oh, yes. left the judges mm. thunderstruck on Sunday night when he auditioned. And you've got to hear this. Um, he's 18 years old. He said he'd never uh, left the state or been on an airplane. He said wow. the song was meaningful to him. And that song. Uh, say what the song was. The song, the song. He, but he had, but they they had an intro. He said he had been bullied because he looks different. He'd been called terrible names. Mm -hmm. um, and but his teachers helped um, pave the way for him for this audition. His mom was behind him every yeah. step of the way. And what he sang mm -hmm. was Billy Holiday's Strange Fruit. For the rain together. For the wind to suck For the sun to rot For the leaves to drop And uh, for just younger kids, like my kids may, may not know what that story is, but it's, it's a, it's that song is just a devastating song from 1939 about 
um, it was inspired by um, a photograph of a lynching. Yeah. And it, it was a poem first and then became a song. It was, it's this such a Houstonian alchemy of great pain oh, yeah. and um, adversity and incredible talent and drive to thrive. That is, it is really something that'll make your weekend, I think. Oh, yes. He's from Kinder HSPVA, right? He's one of those, because I could just imagine all the kids there jumping up and down because, you know, that School of the Performing Arts has given the world so many great alumni. Hasn't it? Yeah. That was real joy. Truly. Uh, all right. I already said that Brene Brown is my moment of joy. Um, <laughs> on March 31st, uh, her Atlas of the Heart HBO series is going to roll out. So that is on my calendar. I am looking forward to it. And I think, Claudia, you are so right that this idea that we can't really understand the world around us if we can't name emotions is really powerful. Um, and also, I have learned some new words. My favorite new word is Freudenfreud. <laughs> it is the opposite of schadenfreude, which is that like mean little feeling when you're delighted that somebody else is having a bad time in the world. <laughs> Freudenfreud is when you're happy because something good has happened to somebody else. So there, that's like meta happy. I am having some meta joy there. I love that. Okay, so Dina, come on. In more news, uh -huh. happy news. Have y'all heard of that local Houston bakery, Breadman Baking Co? No. Yeah. A little bit. Oh my gosh. So they're about to start shipping statewide from Houston. That's how big they've grown. <laughs> Whoa. And they, I mean, it's amazing. It, the owner, you know, Tassos Katsounis, I totally butchered it, but he's a first generation <laughs> Greek American, uh -huh. you know, born and raised in North Texas. He got his start, you know, in the hospitality industry when he was really young. He worked at the family bar and eatery, but he really learned how to hone his baking skills alongside his grandmother. And that's when, you know, he met in 2008, his wife, Rula Christie, who we all love and adore, because how could we not? Rula, the DJ on KRBE. I was always obsessed with the Rula and Ryan show. And so he kind of just like grew from there. And, you know, you can find his bread in Whole Foods. And I thought that was just awesome because I love, love, love their sour bread because it tastes like it's homemade. Like, you know, he was feeding that sourdough starter. You know, he was really <laughs> loving it. <laughs> Okay, but he's going to be able to feed enough sourdough starter to serve the whole state? I guess wow. so. And focaccia, which, okay. you know, focaccia takes like 24 hours to make. You know, I Presumably he's not making every loaf himself. Right? Yeah, no, no. He's got, I mean, he's got <laughs> okay. a huge, you know, a facility, like a 4,500 square foot facility where he bakes. So he's got, he's got employees Yay. helping him out. It's awesome. I'm excited. Go Houston. Yes. All right. Thank you all. This has been fun. This is great. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah, thank you. It's so good to talk to you all. That is all for this week. In our show notes, we'll have links to the stuff we talked about, including that amazing clip of Douglas Mills singing Strange Fruit. Our show is produced by Dina Kesba and Farrell Gibbs, and also this week by CityCast roving producer Lizzie Goldsmith. Our theme music is by Farrell Gibbs and his band All the Kimonos. Have a great weekend, y'all. We will be back on Monday. Just think how good it could be if I did them 10 times.